What's going on, everyone? This is Dr. Brent Coates, Science of Falling, and this is episode number nine of the Science of Falling podcast. We've got a special treat for you today. We have two people on the podcast. We have Dan Dalator, the owner of Infinite Capacity Physical Therapy, and Brayton Chase, the owner of Maniac CrossFit. And I'm just super stoked to talk to them about just CrossFit in general and maybe get a little bounce and fall spin on it. Um, Dan, introduce yourself for the listeners. Tell them what you're about. Yeah, like Brett said, uh, my name is Dan Dallator. <clears throat> I'm a doctor of physical therapy and the owner of Infinite Capacity Physical Therapy. I run my physical therapy practice out of the two Maniac CrossFit locations, uh, primarily treating uh, fitness athletes, CrossFitters, um, and then other individuals who are looking to stay active and healthy. I'm also a CrossFit level one coach here at Maniac and do some uh, nutrition coaching as well. All right. What's up, everyone? Uh, Brayton Chase, owner of Maniac CrossFit and newly Maniac Community Fitness in Scarborough, just launched our second location, uh, which happy to say Dan's jumping on board both locations with us, which is awesome. Um, I've been in the CrossFit game for about 10 years now between actually being a member at a gym and then starting my coaching career. And now 10 years later, uh, here with two affiliates, um, still love coaching like crazy and, uh, got certifications in broad range of things from weightlifting to obviously level two with CrossFit, um, all the way to like CrossFit kids stuff. Yeah. Super excited to be on here. Awesome. All right. So the first question is gonna be real basic, but just for the uninitiated kind of what is CrossFit? What is it about? What's the goal of the entire sport? And, uh, maybe like what's a typical workout look like? Yeah, Dan looks right at me. <laughs> yeah, without geeking out too much, you know, CrossFit by the books is uh, functional movements performed at high intensity, um, and we do them constantly varied, um, trying to put a spin on the own definition myself. So basically, we try to be pretty good at everything. Uh, so when it comes to lifting weights, cardio side of things, body weight side of things like gymnastics. Uh, we try not to be great at one. We try to be pretty good right across the board. Um, that's a pretty general answer I try to give on a definition standpoint. <laughs> I like but, it. Yeah. So in regards to like uh, the sport of CrossFit, there's really, I like to view it as like, there's two standpoints there. There's, there's the true sport where you'll see on like ESPN games, athletes, the absolutely fittest people in the world. And then there's the 99% general population that look at CrossFit as a, you know, it, it's just a fitness industry. It's, it's a way to work out. Um, I'm pretty biased. I think it's the best way to work out um, in regards to functional movement and helping people across all ages, fitness levels. Yeah. So there's kind of two sides to that, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into more. Oh yeah, for sure. So I, with your general population let's say let's go with them first what are your maybe top three program lifts i mean i know they're there's kind of standardized workouts correct in the crossfit world but i'm assuming you kind of make your own program sometimes is that how it would work for you yeah i mean i'll, I'll take this yeah go for it <laughs> yeah so uh, part of the crossfit definition is constantly varied right and mm -hmm. a big theme is kind of like routine is the enemy so we try not to have any, I wouldn't say that there's any top three program lifts mm -hmm. because we're always constantly varying things. Nice. Whether it's the movement, the load, the time domain that we're doing that movement in, whatever. Like 
if we if I think about it, I think there are some like general movement patterns which are programmed fairly regularly. Mm -hmm. So like different variations of squatting, air squats, back squats, front squats, overhead squats, mm -hmm. lunges, those kinds of movements, pulling different objects, pulling from the floor, pulling your body weight up to a pull up bar, those kinds of things, and then pressing objects, whether that's a push up or lifting a barbell overhead in various motions or pushing a sled. All right. I like it. So let's, how about we talk about squat patterns? Cause I know squat patterns, you're doing those constantly. Let's talk about like the, the balance and stability requirements. And maybe, maybe Dan will take this one first with the biomechanics master. Um, what are some of like the prereqs someone needs and what are some things that people are often kind of deficient in? Cause I, I know you see bad movement patterns a lot. Um, and how would you normally correct some of the, the most common mistakes people are making? Do you actually want to take this one? Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can dive into this. Yeah, let's um, see it. I'll, I'll chip. I'll chip in where needed. <laughs> yeah, hold, hold up the big science words. Um, <laughs> so yeah, when when we look at like squat movement patterns, um, balance plays a huge part, right? Like, mm. it, you you know, the very first thing you should look at with movement is grip and stance. That, yeah. That's what we look for as coaches. So in in this point, it's it's going to be your stance. So. You know, if someone sets up their feet and their their feet are absolutely together and they have zero balance when they're trying to go down a squat, well, that's step one. We got to set you up in the right the right stance for our squats. Same with lunges. When you see people lunge, they often think their feet need to be lined up, mm -hmm. walking that tightrope, and uh, immediately a lunge becomes a lot harder than it really needs to be. So balance, coordination, um, agility play a huge role with that. So we just look for making sure they're set up in a proper proper stance. Uh, to begin with, and then mm -hmm. we can start analyzing the movement more from there. Um, but if they're already set up, you know, they're going to be set up for failure if, if, if already their balance is thrown off right from the, right from the beginning. Definitely. What, I mean, do you see like, uh, instability in the knees often, especially in, in newer athletes, you know, going into a lunge pattern, is that knee going crazy and just no stability there? Um, and if so, what would you work on? Yeah. And I mean, it depends on the person, yeah. right? But yeah, some typical faults that we see in the squat are either initiating the movement with the knees, not initiating it by sending the hips back. Um, like you're talking about kind of the knees falling inwards, not tracking in line with the toes. So, I mean, those are pretty common faults. And uh, like you said, how, or you asked before, how we would usually go about by fixing those. Mm -hmm. And like the first thing is just cueing like telling the person, oh, this is what you're doing. Do this instead. See if they can auto-correct it. Mm -hmm. If they can, awesome. Move on to the next thing. If not, then you can give some like tactile cues to the outside of the knee. I'll push that knee out into my hand, things like that. Cool. So pretty simple then. I mean, just how often are the cues enough to get people to, to correct that uh, movement fault if they have one? Yeah, it, it varies, um, especially depending on the person and how they like to learn, right? Like some people can just literally watch you do it and they'll just pick up their big visual learners. Mm -hmm. um, some people you can just keep keep telling them what to do and they'll gradually pick it up. Mm -hmm. But some people really need that hands-on stuff. You know, like Dan said, um, putting something on the outside of somebody's knee to make sure they understand to drive their knees out, keeping their knees over their toes. Because um, as much as I can 
demonstrate it and do it, maybe someone isn't really fully grasping like what it should feel like. Yeah. Um, so kind of going through those three type of cues, the tactile, visual, verbal, um, is really the, the the big step. And then, you know, you could get as crazy as like showing videos and talking through it, um, taking a video of the athlete and be like, this is what you're doing. Now do you see it? Mm-hmm. And then how we can kind of correct it from there. I like that though, using those simple three cues and just seeing if if they respond or not and going going from there afterwards, right? Yeah, yeah. And as as coaches, you know, we really try to push like simple, simple and effective. Like I don't want to throw five things at you that you're doing wrong and you're like, well, I don't know what I want to focus on. You know, just well, one simple thing and we'll work from there. Yeah. Over cueing can be the enemy. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty common too for newer coaches, right? Because they feel they, like they want to give everything to the client and the next thing you know, nothing's given because it's just overload. Yeah, newer coaches and newer PTs, I think. Yeah. Have the same kind of problem. Very true, very true. So tell me um, a little bit about like overhead work. So, I mean, we talked about our, our mutual buddy, Nick, who I've actually done a podcast with on here about baseball before. And I believe he dislocated his shoulder actually doing, what was it, overhead snatch or something like that? I don't remember I what it was. he was doing some some form of snatch. I don't know if he was squatting or power. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. Oh, well, well, he's a beast regardless. I, I understand that. But so, I, I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are some, some stability requirements for overhead work? Because, like, for me, I'm not flexible enough, so I've tried to get overhead. It's something I need to work on. Um, but for the average person who can get overhead, maybe, what, what are some exercises they need? or um, some things they need to do to create that stability to make sure maybe they don't dislocate their shoulder or maybe they don't um, over arch or something like that. Yeah, so like you said, flexibility in the shoulders is definitely a big part as well as uh, movement in the thoracic spine because mm-hmm. as a PT, you know that in order to get fully overhead, we need good upper thoracic mobility as well, right? Yep. So if somebody's lacking those things, we can give them some simple mobility drills to help improve that mobility uh, so that they can reach that position safely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other things, so usually in CrossFit, whenever learning these movements, we always start with a simple PVC pipe. Nice, okay. Master master the PVC pipe and the movement there and then move on. A common theme in CrossFit is mechanics, consistency, intensity. So mastering the mechanics first, getting consistent with it before increasing the intensity to say loading with a barbell and weight. And that's, it's actually, I'm happy you kind of brought that up too, because I was actually talking with a patient yesterday. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to have this interview with these guys who who do CrossFit and this guy is still terrified of CrossFit, which I'm sure you guys deal with a lot, right? So I love that you start with the PVC pipe. It's all about mechanics. I mean, is that, this is kind of a a side, but is that still something you guys fight with a lot with the the misconception of what CrossFit actually is and what you guys do? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. because a lot of people see, like Brayton said, the CrossFit games is all they kind of know because they've seen it on TV or whatever, kind of like big bulky dudes throwing around hundreds of pounds. And like, but, but like Brayton said, that's the 1%. Not even, yeah. not even 0.01. like yeah, 0.01% <laughs> of people, right? Like uh, a saying that I love is CrossFit can be for anyone, but it isn't for everyone. I like that. Meaning like anybody is capable of doing CrossFit and the movements, but it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And we understand that. But 
it can be for anyone because all of the movements that we do and the workouts that we do are infinitely scalable to meet anybody at their current ability level. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, that's exactly what I would say. We have, you know, here between the two gyms, we have classes where there's a 21 year old and a 65 year old. And, you know, people often look at like movements like handstand pushups or snatches that are kind of the, the scary and, you know, least functional or however you want to look at it. But if, if our workout has it that day, you know, those individuals are doing some form of that that's best for them, um, depending on their mobility, flexibility, what their individual goals are. You know, we're never going to force anybody to get truly out of that, like, comfort safety zone. Mm-hmm. We're going to push you in different ways. But, uh, yeah, it, 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 this can be for absolutely anyone that wants to. But some people obviously just don't like that. Um, it's, you know, whatever they like. Some people enjoy going out for runs, spins, you know, hit with just body weight workouts. And mm-hmm. that's great. Any form of fitness is great, but it could be for anybody. Yeah. Well, and I like that. I'm going there. I'm going to throw a little quote out for you. I, I love this. <laughs> um, this is from the CrossFit level one training guide. And the quote is the needs of an Olympic athlete and our grandparents differ by degree, not kind. One is looking for functional dominance, the other for functional competence. Competence and dominance manifest through identical physiological mechanisms. I love that. That's all, I mean, it's all a continuum, right? Yeah, right, yeah. So because of that, we don't really like, we don't change the workouts. We're using the same programming and the same workouts for everybody, no matter what level you're on but we can scale those workouts and the relative load and intensity for any specific individual so that they can get the same exact benefits and hit that same intended stimulus of the workout. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's super interesting to me because I was, I like to do research for the podcast on, you know, like I've done balance and falling with a, with a swimmer before and we came up with a really good um, talk, but for CrossFit, I couldn't find anything for balance and uh, stability. But I did find, uh, you know, the injury rate, which was I think it was like three point one per thousand hours. Like it's really not that high. Yeah, um, it's, right, I, it's right in line with powerlifting, gymnastics, mm-hmm. and Olympic lifting. Interesting. Which, what do you know? <laughs> those are three of the things that CrossFit revolves around, right? Yeah. Who would have known? Who would have known? I just thought it was really cool too, because I mean, it's like it's not that high yet. People have this perception, like the minute you step in a CrossFit box your your knee's going to explode all of a sudden your shoulder's going to pop out of place like it just doesn't happen so i I just want to make that aside too in the right spot if you're in the right spot right coaches you're taking it easy putting the ego to a side a little bit not worrying about what other people are doing you're you're going to be just fine just that's that's anywhere you know any personal trainer any pt any coach is gonna they push you too much or they push you just enough to get you where you need to go so yeah i appreciate that I just wanted to bring, I wanted to make that known because that's, that's been something I've been dealing with with my patients and I'm talking to them, they're like, CrossFit, man, I would never do that. And I was like, I don't think it's a dangerous. You gotta, gotta look at the research and get the right coach. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> of course, yeah. You know, I just want to break some uh, stigmas here. So let's, you guys talked about the handstand pushup briefly. Let's talk about that a little bit. Cause I mean, that's, that's very gymnastics focused, right? And it's not something, you know, you're ever really going to see uh, a bodybuilder or weightlifter or powerlifter do but you guys program it fairly regularly, I would assume, maybe not as regularly as like a squat pattern, but 
Um, tell me a little bit about it. How, what are the prereqs for it? What kind of stability and balance issues um, do you see? Like, are you only doing against a wall or do people do freestanding and um, things like that? Yeah, I think I think stemming off of our previous conversation, you know, if, if there's handstand pushups in a workout, um, you're going to see people scaling all the way down to just working on their regular pushups. And then you go the full far side of it. People are either literally inverted, kicking up to a wall or, you know, freestanding. Um, a lot of balance, just body awareness. I wouldn't say there's totally like prerequisites that we say like, oh, you need to be able to do this in order to continue to move on. As long as, long as we see that they're moving well and they're in a safe position, then we're okay. We don't, we don't program handstand pushups too often. I would say they come, maybe, up, they come up a couple of times a month. Maybe. Yeah. I, I would say three <laughs> times a month. Um, and more so than not, they're more skill work, like okay. rather than lifting during a session, it's, it's more like, Hey, 15 minutes on the clock, here are some options let's practice. And then maybe we throw them in a workout, but, uh, getting back to Dan's, you know, mechanics first, then, you know, can you do it consistently? And then we'll add some intensity. You know, if I, if I can perform five handstand pushups, that's great. But if a workout pops up and there's 25 of them, I'm obviously going to scale that intensity a little bit to a different modification. So then mm -hmm. I can keep moving and actually hit the right stimulus of workouts. But yeah, handstand pushups are, are a tough one. You know, you look in regards to like functional side of things, you know, it's much easier to grab dumbbells or a barbell and just work on a strict shoulder press. Mm -hmm. And then it's going to apply better to, you know, shoulder range of motion for individuals, but handstand pushups, it looks cool. <laughs> so there's, you know, it, it's that side you got, you got to play to people's goals and what we're looking for, what they're looking for. Definitely. So actually in um, last year's CrossFit games, which is basically like the Super Bowl of CrossFit, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so whenever they announce the workouts, they do it like right there on the spot. So they'll announce the workout. The athletes have like whatever, 15, 20 minutes mm -hmm. to prepare, and then they go and do it, right? Mm -hmm. Last year, one of the workouts was, like you said, freestanding handstand pushups, which had never been done in the games before. So like the best of the best athletes in the world found out 15 to 20 minutes beforehand that they're doing these have that much time to practice and it was it was cool because you were actually seeing these people struggle with this movement yeah and even the layout of the workout was like you would perform a rep and then handstand walk to the next rep oh geez yeah yeah so the balance there was we saw a lot of forward rolls good tucks. yeah yeah yes yeah. Yeah, so that's wild. a good amount of falling and struggling due to the individuals not having the time to practice and improve their balance and stuff for that specific movement. So, so even some of the best athletes in the world are falling down when they're trying to do this pretty intense. I mean that, yeah, unless you're, I guess you're, unless you're doing gymnastics straightforward, even that's gonna be hard for anybody, no matter what. Yeah. That's absolutely. wild. I gotta check those videos out. I'm now I'm interested. I, I think one cool thing to add too, in regards to like the game side of thing is uh, if you probably look at a list of the top 40 women and top 40 men, a good chunk of them have some sort of gymnastic background. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's, it's definitely not 50, 50 by any means, like with what their background is, but you can definitely tell some of those like, Oh, that was a former gymnast. Like just by the way they move mm -hmm. their body positioning looks a little bit better than some of the others. And typically the ones with good gymnastic backgrounds, cause they can move their body. Well, 
he usually transfers to a barbell. Oh yeah. If you, if you can move yourself well, you're going to understand how to move into good positions when it comes to lifting weights. So that, you know, the balance and body weight stuff play a huge role with just about everything we go forward with. That's really interesting. I've never even thought about what kind of background these athletes would have. So I come from more of the parkour ninja warrior type world and a lot of, you know, a lot of ninja warrior athletes who are like top echelon rock climbers usually because they have the grip strength, they have the endurance. So would you say gymnastics is like the main background for a lot of these high level athletes or is there something else that comes into play a lot more? I think there's a, a lot of varied backgrounds in yeah. those upper echelon elite mm-hmm. athletes. Like, like Brayton said, some of them are gymnasts. Some of them have been doing Olympic weightlifting since they were whatever, 12 years old. Uh, I know that there's a number of like former collegiate wrestlers. Really? Are, yeah. So even, even some swimmers. Seriously. Okay. Yeah. So you get like the endurance <clears throat> side of things. Yeah. Um, especially in, in the games, again, that 0.001%, there's usually one or two swim events. And then it's really noticeable, like, oh, who has a swim background? Interesting. All right. Yeah, I mean, that's, I guess it makes sense that you're going to come in with any kind of background, but you got to fill in these other gaps because it's such a variable sport, right? So there's always going to be something you're not good at, but uh, you just got to fill in those gaps. That's awesome. And then, then, you know, applying it to the affiliate, the other 99%, backgrounds don't mean a thing, you know? (laughs) You can, you can say maybe, maybe most of our members have some sort of like high school sport backgrounds Mm -hmm. or they like to run five K's, whatever. But I mean, you get a lot of people that just lifted at a planet fitness or world gym style, Mm -hmm. or they've done nothing and that's fine. Almost sometimes we prefer the people that have done nothing because they have zero, you know, faults already bad habits. Um, so the easiest and most coachable people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's a good mix. Are you guys saying athletes can be stubborn sometimes and don't want to change their. No, no. No, um, not at all. What do you mean? I move poorly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, I mean, like, let's talk a little more about the handstand, kind of the, into that falling realm, too. My, my first question is like core stability and core strength. Is that something you work on a lot? If you're trying, say you're trying to get this top 0.001% to be able to do these handstands very well. Are you working on core a lot? Like, are you doing a lot of toes to bars? Are you doing a lot of like hollow holds? What kind of stuff are you working on to maybe create the stability or maybe the stability is not even useful in the core? I mean, what's the thoughts on that? Yeah, so a common theme with almost any movement in CrossFit is core to extremity. Mm-hmm. So we wanna make sure that we're strong through the core, keeping that nice neutral spine, uh, exploding through the hips, and then moving outwards towards the extremities. So that's something that we're stressing constantly. And yeah, we do some core work like hollow holds and uh, there are like sit-ups programmed and like you said, toes the bar, that kind of stuff. But any midline stability in any plane is going to be stressed during Mm -hmm. these functional movements. Uh, Great example, we just, I'll speak on behalf of myself anyway. We uh, had a workout on Wednesday. It was three lifts. We did mm-hmm. bench press, we did overhead squats, and we did a power clean. And it was about 15 minutes at each station. And one of the rare one time in six months, we were just, we maxed out on those three movements. And when I woke up Thursday, my abs were just as sore as other things. 
you know, and that, and that tells me I was bracing properly using mm -hmm. my core properly when it comes to those movements. Um, and I hope my members feel the same way when they <laughs> woke up on Thursday, but yeah. No, I like it. And it, that's one of the things I learned as when I first got into weightlifting, if you do all your big lifts, compound lifts correctly, you'll never have to work abs out in your life because it's Correct. just, they're getting smoked no matter what. Correct. But, and, and that's a fun part of a lot of newer members. They're like, well, we're not doing ab work very often. Like we should do more sit-ups or, you know, feet flutters. And it's like, well, we're back squatting today. If you brace that belly, I promise you, you'll come back tomorrow and you'll be feeling it a little bit. So yeah, definitely. I love it. I love it. So let's talk about like the exit strategies. Um, Cause I, I'm thinking in my brain, like what are the, you know, signs of falling kind of lens? What are the areas where falling actually might come into play into the cross, you know, CrossFit in general. And I feel like the games are probably when people are really going all out, that's where you're probably going to see the most falls or uh, mishaps happen. Um, I'm sure like box jumps and stuff, if, if those are programmed that can happen to some degree, but like, you know, coming out of a handstand art, are some of these athletes trained how to fall and bail? Yeah. Uh, so in regards to like a handstand in general, you know, when we're kicking up to the wall, our back is against the wall. So if you're going to fail, it's typically like your feet are just coming back down. Mm -hmm. So it's just landing back to that one, two step um, or two feet landing at the same time type thing. If you're freestanding, of course, then it then becomes a bigger picture of learning to tuck the chin, forward roll, uh, those kind of things. When it comes to barbell stuff too, though, like bailing a lift, mm -hmm. um, we try to teach that in our intro sessions for all new members. They get nice. some, they get some one-on-one -on -one training, and that's usually the last thing I wrap up. If I'm if I'm teaching a movement, I'll teach it, and then I'll be like, by the way, if this is ever going to be a fail, here's how you should properly ditch the weight. It, it, it is it is needed um, for safety reasons. Yeah, that's awesome. So it's just a basic intro thing. You're teaching people how to bail out of these movements just for safety yeah. purposes. I love it. Yeah. I think it's something most people don't think that you have to get taught. I think it's, I think a lot of athletes, at least in like high school sports or something, it's like, uh, you just figure it out as you go. And if you get hurt, you get hurt. I saw, uh, when I was in high school, I had a guy, he was really strong on our, in our weightlifting room doing a clean. He bailed, but he was in a, like a split stance. He dropped it on his leg and ended up fracturing his femur. Yep. Um, so that's pretty intense and you think you could learn how to bail pretty quick. So, I mean, I think it's, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, athletically, so I, I, in some of my other content, I've talked about football, basketball, um, hockey, soccer, and all stuff. If you fall correctly and you can get up really quick, athletically, that just makes you a better athlete. Cause you get back in the game faster. You can prevent injury, you know, prevent an ACL tear, but still keep on playing. Um, is there any like place in CrossFit in the games, high level athletes to learn how to fall? And does that give you like an advantage? Cause I know a lot of times you're under time constraints. You're, you're trying to be the first one done. Is that even like something you'd think about or is it kind of like, eh, it's, it doesn't want to add that much to the athleticism of the athlete. You want to say the movement? <laughs> you're thinking of the movement. I'm thinking of, I don't know. Burpee. <laughs> oh, I love we it. Do, we do the burpee all the time. Um, can you get to the floor and get yourself back up? I love that. I never even thought about that as a falling technique, but it totally is. Yeah, I mean, it's hundred percent is. That's awesome. Yeah. And there's millions of variations of doing it. Mm -hmm. um, it you know, members don't, <laughs> people in general don't really like doing burpees, but honestly, when you're 78 years old and you live alone and you fall, are you going to be able to get up? 
control uh, controlling yourself to the ground and then getting back off of it yeah that's yeah that's what i'm talking about i think of and and honestly like not judging anyone in a positive or negative way but newer members when they come in and if we're teaching them a burpee hey hey can you do one rep the way they bounce off the floor or jump back jump up and how quickly they do it you can kind of immediately say like oh you're a little bit of an athlete or you've mm. never really done this before. You don't have that body awareness. And again, that's not positive or negative. Some people just don't have that background, whatever. But you can kind of tell individuals that can actually control themselves well and then how quickly they can get back to their feet. That's that's a good litmus test. And I thought that was going to be like a hard question for you, but never mind. That was the easiest question on this whole thing. <laughs> that was just like, bam, got it. That's yeah, so I mean, cool. that would be the number one. Obviously, it plays into everything else, but that's the first yeah. thing I think of. No, it makes sense. I mean, if I've been watching videos across, you know, again, doing box jumps or something like that, if they go down, I, I never really thought about it, but they are using a burpee to get back up right away. I mean, it just, because there's never really going to be a scenario, in my opinion, that I've seen, unless you're doing handstands, they're going to need to roll out or something like that. I mean, it's it's not that crazy, I don't think, unless you think there's something else that you've seen in the games or with your athletes. Yeah. I mean, I think falls occur the most like in the games when it's like they're doing the last movement before they cross the finish line they're going all out with the barbell so their legs are getting jello they drop that barbell try to jump over it and just don't quite make it trip <laughs> over the barbell or whatever like their legs fail on them trying to get over the finish line but yep yeah like i said like they're just basically doing a burpee to get back up and then keep going yeah <laughs> so simple i don't even know why i didn't think of that all right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Functional so wise. I think, I think Dan can attest to this. Uh, our Fridays, we both usually watch our kids at home. It's mm-hmm. kind of daddy daycare for the two of us, which is funny. Um, yesterday I probably did 50 burpees jumping down and grabbing a toy that went underneath the table and yep. giving it back to my kid and then popping back up. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I probably wasn't jumping. I was just laying there, but, uh, in some sense, it was yeah, in some sense I was getting to the floor and getting back up. You didn't know you're going to be doing a CrossFit workout with kids, huh? Yeah. So. yeah. I love it, man. I love it. Uh, do you guys ever like, uh, besides handstand balancing, just in general, program like specific balance stuff, maybe in that skill section you were talking about? Is there ever like one like a balance, you know, tandem balancing, tandem walks? I mean, I don't know what the, the functional purpose for a CrossFit athlete would be, but is it ever in there? So like specific balance training like no is an appropriate answer by the way you can always say no i mean yes and no like yeah i guess i guess how do you define specific balance training like if you're talking about like working towards improving balance during functional movements that somebody's going to be using in their everyday life Mm -hmm. like squatting to a toilet or lifting a laundry basket from the floor or lifting a box overhead onto a shelf and like yeah every day we work on balance during Perfect. those functional movements yeah um we have an exercise called the snatch balance which mm-hmm. is essentially having weight on your back dropping down into the catch position of a snatch really focusing on that balance in that catch position because that's a very important part of that movement do you want to talk about 10 general yeah 10 yeah. general physical so, skills so by definition you know level one handbook if you want to be a crossfit coach 
there's 10 general physical skills and I'll just run down the list. First one is uh, cardio and respiratory endurance. Second one, stamina. Then you have strength, flexibility, power, speed, coordination, agility, balance, and mm -hmm. accuracy. Um, so there's like three or four of them that all tie in together, right? So you got balance, coordination, agility, accuracy, like those sort of things can tie into a lot of the movements we do. You know, when you, when you first said like a balance exercise, I thought of like a single leg squat that can, that can tie into play, but honestly it could, it, you know, if we're, if we're doing running or like an agility ladder in a warm up, if you're more coordinated, if you're more agile, you're probably going to lean towards having better balance when it comes to like a squat position, things like that. So I think that's where, again, pretty biased here, but uh, I think that's where CrossFit can really help that full range of things. If you're good at a couple of things, you're likely going to transfer that over to others. Mm -hmm. I agree with both of you guys. I think it's um, for my, and obviously I, if I'm working with a balanced patient, these people sometimes can't walk at all. So we're working on very basic balancing, but for someone who's walking fine, all those functional movements and kind of going off the, those 10, uh, what do you call them? The 10 core general physical skills, general physical skills. If you're working on all those, you're going to get balance work in there. Right. And you're kind of, I mean, a squat is a balance exercise. If you can stand up and add some load, you're going to work on your balance muscles and all that other stuff. So that's awesome. You guys are selling me on CrossFit, by the way, I've never tried it. But I'm, well, I'm, I'm getting sold right welcome now. anytime. <laughs> so I know you got to get ready for your, uh, your class here that you're teaching here in a minute, but any final thoughts, words, anything you guys kind of mulling around in your brain during this conversation that you want to talk about? Oh man. Pressure. No, um, no, not nothing too wild off the top of my head. I mean, I think we were able to get kind of get into a few things, a couple things I didn't even think of beforehand. Yeah, I would just say, you know, whether someone feels like they can do CrossFit or not, um, they should at least give it a shot. You know, we got your back, whether it's scaling to one side of things or scaling up. Um, no, I think I think we were able to cover just about everything. Yeah. And like Brent said, the injury rate is not as high as people think. Yeah. But if for some reason there is an injury, we have a physical therapist. <laughs> yeah, believe that. <laughs> yeah, that's been that's been a huge addition to this gym. You know, a lot like you said, a lot of people do have that stigma of like, oh, CrossFit, I'm I'm gonna get hurt. Well, honestly, Dan sees a lot of people just for preventative stuff, mm -hmm. um, and that's a big thing we push to our newer clients. Is you know, it, if you've had a five years ago, you tore your ACL playing football in high school or whatever, like you know, see Dan, and then we can get some proper things going. So when you are in classes, you, you feel a little bit more confident, uh, moving well. So awesome. Yeah. I love that symbiotic relationship that you guys have, and I'm sure you're feeding, you know, the, the patients and, uh, athletes back and forth, just to make sure they have the best experience with you guys. So I love that. And yeah, the injury rates are super low. So, I mean, people got to stop thinking about the old school, like rhabdomyolysis kind of right. lifestyle that they were doing. Um, so I just want to say, I appreciate you guys. I know this was an early morning podcast for you. So, um, I appreciate you coming on. appreciate you kind of just entertaining my, maybe a little off the cuff questions that you maybe never thought about before. Um, you blew my mind with the burpee thing. It's so simple. And I didn't think about it. Um, <laughs> is there anything you guys want to like promote or talk about? I know you you have your new, uh, locations opening up on January 20th, right? Yeah. So we're having a grand opening event at the Scarborough location. 
so open to the public. Anybody wants to stop by, check it out, more than welcome. Yeah, Perfect. Thursday, January 20th, 5.30. What's the uh, address for people who are listening? Uh, 246 U.S. Route 1 in Scarborough. It's Perfect. the old uh, town Scarborough Police and Fire Department. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah, it's a beautiful building. There, there's a lot going on there. It's going to be great. Cool. All right. So I'll put all the information up on uh, the notes in the podcast for those who are listening. And for those who are watching the YouTube video, it's uh, their information below their picture here. And uh, I appreciate you guys. That's been really fun and fun to pick your brains. And I appreciate just the, the early morning podcast. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Brent. It was yeah. fun. Thanks for having us. Of course.